I wonder when you last groaned. Was it from a terrible joke? Um, here's one I found. Dad, did you get a haircut? No, I got them all cut. Dad, did you get a haircut? No, I got them all cut. Yeah, good. Um, here's, here's what I think is a better one. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. And there's a groan. Fantastic. So I wonder when the last time you groaned was. Um, here's a groan for me. When you manage to get your kids to school on time and then you realise you've forgotten their swimming kit. That is a groan moment. Uh, maybe when you woke up in the middle of the night again. Maybe someone still hadn't done something that you asked for the umpteenth time. Perhaps a friend continued down a path that you know is wrong for them. Someone of faith or the church acted badly and you feel tarred by the same brush. Maybe it was another example of a world leader enacting a policy to bring greater divide. Maybe the plight of a refugee. Uh, Maybe some terrible news. Or maybe you just came to the end of yourself in pain or grief, anxiety or frustration. Maybe you don't groan, which is great. So, tonight's passage deals with some of this stuff. Um, So it's quite serious, despite the jokes at the beginning. And it's good news, because it tells us that in all of these situations in our lives, the Holy Spirit is with us. He hears us, he knows us, he knows what's deep inside our hearts. So let's have a look at that passage. I'm going to read it out, so I'm going to go from... Romans 8, verse 18. The bit that we've got in the um, term card is just 26 and 27, but I thought we'd do a bit more to give it a bit of context. So, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory, the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us 
through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We're going to stop there. So, okay, so what did I get from this? Uh, So Paul puts people's suffering into a global context uh, so that they can endure, they can live through it. He's talking to the Romans um, and he's encouraging them at a time when possibly they were facing some persecution as this growing church. Um, And there's a message to wait patiently but also to eagerly expect the amazing things that are to come when creation is restored. He's reflecting upon what maybe it's like in that waiting time, waiting for Jesus to come again, for everything to be made right. Waiting for the end of injustice, the end of pain, the end of sadness, the end of sickness, the end of decay. And it's hard in the waiting. He recognises in this passage that in the waiting and the tough times, we sometimes come to the end of ourselves. But the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. So so close. The first question is, is that your experience? That the Holy Spirit is so close? In Earlier on in Romans 8, it says, you, however, this is verse 9, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or helper to help you and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? From 1 Corinthians. Isn't that amazing? God in us. God with us. I almost did that sign. Joe. <laughs> Sorry, there's a bit of an in-joke. That's an NNT right thing about connection with, with God. God in us. Amazing, yeah? And what does the Spirit do in us? Connects us. And leads us to the heart of God. In Galatians 4 it says, Because you are his children, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. The Spirit draws us to God. And the Spirit leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us. The heart of God leading our hearts. In our, heart, in our thoughts, 
We have ideas, don't we, given by the Spirit, and pictures in our words. So we we have Bible passages which the Spirit brings to mind, or words in our in our own language that we are given for other people, or sometimes we pray in tongues, a language which isn't our language, but is his his language. Sometimes in action, the Spirit leads us in action. Maybe prompting you to move or to touch somebody or to, or there's healing. And the Spirit leads us in prayer. What's your experience of this? Isn't it amazing? We can let the Holy Spirit speak through us to impact others. This connection with the heart of God. And sometimes, when we've run out of ideas, when we've run out of words, of energy, of love, the Holy Spirit works up a prayer in us, beyond words, like it says in here. And he communicates it to God the Father. Now isn't that an amazing mystery? God, the Holy Spirit... Praying, talking to God the Father for us on the basis of the work of God the Son. It's pretty, um, pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? So the Spirit is so close in us. Do you feel it? Do you know Him? Get to know Him if you don't. And this passage talks about the Spirit being with us in our suffering. Helping us in our weakness. Noisy birds. Are you going to shoo them away? Wow, that's amazing. She's got a very long stick. Um, This verse, it's powerful, isn't it? We do not know what we ought to pray for. So this is our main verse this evening. We do not know what to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. (laughs) In the context of the passage, this is waiting, waiting for Jesus to come back. But, you know... It recognises that we are weak. We have weakness. And in our weakness, the Spirit can sometimes give us that extra bit of help. So, what does this weakness mean for you? When do you reach the end of yourself? Maybe you don't. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's a lack of knowledge or understanding in a situation. You can't see the answers. Don't know God. What, what can happen in this situation? Or maybe it's frustration that there is a situation going on that you just, you just can't change it, but you know it's wrong. God, what's the answer? Maybe it's illness, physical or mental, and it just doesn't go away. You run out of words to pray. Or maybe it's grief. 
Maybe you are being persecuted and there seems no end. Or maybe it's something that you've prayed over and over and still the same, nothing happens. Maybe it's a lack of self-control. You just can't stop a pattern of behavior. Well, the good news is God is with you in that. God is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. And when you don't know the words to pray to get out of it, the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. I think there's something interesting here about letting go as well as the out of control end of yourself stuff. It's interesting that Paul uses the childbirth analogy for groaning. It says the whole creation has been groaning. This is verse a little bit earlier. 22. The whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. And then later it says, we ourselves groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our redemption. And then it says, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Most of you will know that my wife, Jem, is a midwife. Um, and so she has a lot of first-hand experience of childbirth. And some of you here will have done. And there's other midwives here as well. Um, and we were talking about this. And um, talking about the noises that sometimes women might make during labour. Um, that most times... Perhaps women get to a point where their worldly inhibitions get forgotten. That um, total focus and concentration is on the task. Where women have to let go, let their body take over. It's easy for me to reflect upon. And I know not all women in childbirth perhaps have this experience. Jem's told me an amazing story about a lady who sang opera songs all the way through her labor. Um, but, but there's this kind of stage of letting go of the mind and the control and letting things happen. And um, I know that not everybody has this experience of childbirth. Not everybody has positive experience of childbirth. But there's this letting go sometimes. And it's going beyond what's normal for you. And it's extreme vulnerability. And I just wonder whether Paul uses this analogy. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a little picture. But this experience of waiting for Jesus to return, and by extension, the Spirit's prayer through us, that sometimes we have to be vulnerable. We have to let go. We have to give everything of ourselves to God to move past the inhibitions into this deep relationship 
with the spirit within us. And like in childbirth, there's a hope of an ending. It might be happy, it might be not. But one day, when everything, there is a hope that everything will be made right. And we live in that. We live in the waiting for that to happen. And in that, the hope is, well, there is hope. And there's joy because the Spirit is in us. Um, there's one other thing that this made me think, or came, came into my head, which was this. Um, and this is perhaps a bit more challenging. There's good news, the Spirit is with us, but then there's a challenge, I think. And it's verse 23. Um, Not only so, that's not only is creation groaning, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And the question for me was, how eagerly do we await this, this redemption? How eagerly do we wait, await Jesus coming back? Are we expectant? that that's going to happen. We're just enjoying life too much as it is. Uh, do we even think about it at all? Do we need to? It suggests in the passage that the people were really, really waiting, really eager, really, really expectant that Jesus is going to come again. I don't know if we live in that expectation I don't know about you it's very difficult to keep that at the forefront of my mind throughout daily life and maybe life back in Roman times back in Rome was such that when Je- if Jesus was to come again that would be a really blessed release but today maybe life isn't so hard but maybe that's not your experience. Um, maybe you are really, really expectant of Jesus returning. I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting challenge. It's a hard thing to grasp, Jesus coming again, isn't it? Um, but we're told to live now in the fullness of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us. And we have that hope that he's going to come again. So, I'm going to sum up. In this passage, there's a promise of incredible closeness with the Holy Spirit. Um, That the Holy Spirit knows what is inside us, what's on our hearts. That when we run out of words when we run out of knowing what to think, knowing what to pray, knowing what to ask, that he knows and he can pray on our behalf. For all the deepest things in people, here's a a nice quote that I read. Um, For all the deepest things in people, 
inarticulate utterance is the most self-revealing. Grief can say more in a sob and a tear than in many weak words. Love finds its tongue in the light of an eye and the clasp of a hand. The groanings which rise from the depths of the Christian soul cannot be forced into the narrow framework of human language. And just because they're unutterable are to be recognized as the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know if you've experienced that, coming to the end of your words and the Spirit taking over. Or maybe you are in a place where you are really comfortable with that that it's really comfortable for you to just say Holy Spirit speak through me pray for me why does he do this why does he do this well it says in the next bit of the passage which I didn't read which is really really familiar verse 26 sorry we've read verse 26 Verse 26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. So why does this happen? God does it for our good, because he loves us. And he knows what it's like to live this life. And he knows you. So what should we do with this? Well, I guess it's encouragement that in your life, whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit knows you. Holy Spirit can take over when you're at your lowest, when you run out of words. Um, I think perhaps what we should do, what we're going to do this evening, is we're going to pray. Uh, Joe's going to sing a song to us. And during that time, maybe you might want to take that time to listen to the words or to listen for God. Um... It made me think, maybe it's about us, for us, if we've been praying for something for a very long time, and the answer we've asked for hasn't come. Some, when we get to the end of it, we can just let the Spirit take over that. Or maybe it's a situation you can't see the way out of. Maybe you want to talk to God about that this evening. Or maybe there's something that's really deep in you that you just don't know the words to express, to pray about it. So if you want, maybe you could give a bit of time to listening to God. Um, in this time. Uh, and know that God knows you. God knows what's in there. God knows what those things are. So let's pray together. And then we're going to have a song. And then um, we'll see what happens next. So let's pray.
God, I thank you for this promise of the Holy Spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit living in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the promise of you knowing us so deeply as your children. And thank you that while we're waiting for things, while we're waiting, Lord, for you to act or waiting or not even knowing what the answers are, Lord, you know and you can pray those prayers for us. But Lord, in that, that time of pain or frustration, Lord, you are so close. Lord, I pray that you would um, bless us this evening, Lord, with encouragement. Holy Spirit, you would come, you would come in power. We thank you, you live in us, but you act in power sometimes. Lord, we pray this evening for a chance to to be changed, to be grown more, to be brought closer to you. Amen. So we're going to listen to this song. Um, Take the time to listen to God. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, ask for him. Ask him into your life. So I don't know whether God stirred anything on your heart. Um, just to say, I know. I know what you're in. I know what is on your heart. And I think he says, keep talking to me. Keep opening yourself to me. Keep coming before me. God, thank you that you are with us always. You are in us. You're very present. Lord, help us to recognize you.